0: surprise everybody hello welcome to a brand new episode of swings and mishes i am your co-host and producer jeremy tache joined as always by the man behind the name of this podcast craig mish craig it's february 24th spring training is here it's great to see you how you doing been a few months
1: It's, it's very surprising that we are sitting here (laughs) right now doing this podcast, but no, you know, I I felt like, first of all, it is great to see you and it is is great to talk to you and and look, this is not going to be a regular occurrence. This is sort of like a special edition one, but there've been a lot of people. And, and especially when I was out uh, at Jupiter this past week, quite a bit, were asking, you know, are you ever going to do it again? Like you really should do it. I mean, this is people outside the organization, people inside the organization, just being like, come on, like. You know, every once in a while, is it okay? And I, you know, so I text Jeremy, I'm like, you know what? You know, maybe it's okay to, maybe it's okay to do one. Enough people have been asking for it. And and look, I, I feel really strongly about, you know, what is happening and I, and I want to be able to talk about it. And and I feel like I could convey some things maybe that haven't been conveyed. So I felt like now was the right opportunity to do it. Maybe we'll do one before opening day, or maybe we'll just pop in before the season. We will see the days of, of this being a regular occurrence. Yeah. Are, are gone. Jeremy has gone on to uh, unbelievable things in media with Bali and with Levitard show. He's no time for me anymore. That's, that's very apparent. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you're doing a great job though, with all of your interviews Thank and you. media day and all these things. I mean, I can't even keep up with you anymore. And and for <laughs> me, like I said, last year, y- you know, I, I had to take a step back from something and this is yep. the thing that I wanted. And I still do want to take a step back from it, but I, I don't think it does any harm. 30 minutes to pop on, and do this. But my schedule is just insane with these travel baseball games that I have with my son coming up here and in all of March and all of April. And so it's, it's a good, it's a good reminder just for me that you and I can pop on and, and talk baseball and not really have any full-time commitment doing it. So I think oh, that that's the best. This is the best. That's why we're here.
0: This is the best. It, it's good to be back. It's good to uh, be doing a little swings and misses before spring training feels like home. And so that being said, uh, We've had some baseball going on in the last week or so. You got games coming up starting tomorrow. Um, but Craig, I know you were out in Jupiter quite a bit. I saw you um on the day full squad technically reported, although it felt like ninety percent of the team was there before that. Right. Um, but I know you've been up in Jupiter quite a bit. So a lot. You know, I just yeah. kinda wanna hear what, what some of your general thoughts are from the time you've spent up in Jupiter thus far and, and what you're thinking about the team, where you see the season going.
1: Yeah, it, it's I I have been there quite a bit for a lot of these workouts and and I've seen a lot. I've talked to a lot of people out there, and and that's one of the great things. And I'll get into this later a little bit more about the the fun part of it. But that's one of the great things about spring training mm. is that is that people always ask like you know why do I think it's so great and why do I think it's so much fun. I have so many reasons why I could tell you. Mm-hmm. One of them. Is the fact that these people have not talked to anybody about baseball for six months, and they're <laughs> right, like diving, like, "Oh, there's Craig Bish. I I'll, I just want to talk to him about right, right. you know baseball," and, and that's really kind of what what happens. It's, it's like, right, hey, right. good to see. you. It's been so long. What do you think? What's going on? And yeah, I haven't seen you. You haven't seen me. And so, organizationally wise, it's just a really interesting time because we're, we're you know once again, it feels like sitting at a pivotal year. Honestly, again. <laughs> we said that yep. last year, said that the year before yep. feels like it's here again for the organization. They they went out this offseason and they they pursued a lot of guys, some they got some they did not. Mm-hmm. And and it, and it does feel like the most complete roster they've had in a long time. But there's a lot of like, you know, puzzle pieces that sure, sure. feel like it's like it feels like you lay this puzzle out on the ground and it's done but then they're like wait there's this piece is missing is that is that wait but do we have that piece you know right, like i'm not right. wait let's do oh, let's go check and see this, if we have this that piece, piece. Maybe oh we do there. wait but that piece belongs at the bottom wait a second no we're going to put it at the top does it fit you know it, it's like this crazy uh you know jigsaw puzzle that they've they've sort of pieced together here and we're going to find out all together as to whether or not it's going to work so it's you know to me it's a fascinating uh, dynamic of course the, the top the top story and the story starting now because we haven't seen a game yet but the story this the, the story starting now is jazz yep, in yep. in center field that's it we're all waiting to see if this is going to work because they're counting on that to work and it may and it may not we don't know and if it does then we just sort of move forward with the lineup and we could talk about all the additions but if it doesn't right like what's next here. Yeah. You know, like, like, has anybody even thought about that right now? Like what, what if they just don't like jazz in center and then move him back to second. And then they acquired Luis Arias in this big trade. Where does he go? Yeah. You know, so work in progress, Jeremy, I'm going to very much enjoy watching these games, maybe not for the competition and the playing time. Cause I think that's pretty much established for this team. I think we know who's going to be where, but Make no mistake about it. this this jazz playing center field story is a very big one. And I, along with everyone else, I'm going to be watching very closely to see if this ends up working.
0: well, and it's a big story in some ways across Major League Baseball, right? You got the the cover of MLB, the show. You've got this this player who is, you know, coming out here with so much bravado and and rightfully so based off production. But, you know, this is a season where he's coming off an injury and now playing a new position. So it'll be interesting to see the way that he adjusts. I I did think it was... You know, it's good news for the Marlins and good news for Jazz that not only do you have a guy like Juan Pierre, who's just sort of always around the organization, but John Jay, Skip Schumacher seems to have just a tremendous amount of faith in John Jay's ability to work with Jazz on on playing the outfield. And, and you know, it, he said to me that, hey, even if John Jay wasn't with our organization, he's the guy who I would have told Jazz to go to anyway, privately, to talk about playing center field. So the biggest adjustment will probably
1: be mentally as well. Well, why are you breaking news on this? I, you, you're telling me things that I didn't <laughs> even know here. I mean, that, I had no idea that even happened. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. uh, well, yeah, you don't yeah. even need me anymore. You could do this by yourself. <laughs> I, honestly, I had no clue that that was even the case. It, well, I was going to, because you started talking there and I was I was going to throw in, yeah, I talked to Skip and he said, but you got everything down. You don't need me. <laughs> so, so let, let's go to Skip Schumacher for a minute because I did ask Skip about this and I asked about Juan Pierre and I asked him and, and he was like, listen, Anybody who can help Jazz play center field, right. let's form a line. You know, Let, no no worries. Let's do it. Now, I hired, he said, I hired John Jay to be mm-hmm. my outfield coach. And so that is going to be the guy that's going to teach Jazz how to play center field. But right. that being said, who would not take advice from a guy like Juan Pierre or anything else? So that gets me to my next person here in Skip All Schumacher. Right, right. The Marlins hired him to be manager in the offseason. I feel like I have a pretty good relationship with Skip Schumacher to this point. And... Let me tell you something about Skip Schumacher. This guy is no joke. This no. guy is no nonsense. Now, uh-huh. uh, up until this point, up until spring training started, uh, Skip Schumacher, fun guy, fun to talk to, text, whatever. Yeah, you know, season starting, you know, family are great. This guy is like all business right now, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I saw him, I saw him at the park. And I'm, you know, it's first day, Jeremy. I'm smiling. I walk up. Hey, Craig, how are you? Oh, uh, uh you know, uh, very good. Good to see you too. I'm like, uh-huh. man, like this is the first day. Goes over to the music, pump that music up, let's go. You know, like wow, like this guy is legit. Like, mm-hmm. like no one is getting away with squat on this Marlins team this season. Yeah, they got away with a lot of squat last year. They, that that is not happening this year. I, I really feel confident in this guy's ability to 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 get this thing going in the right direction. Now, you know, in the end, look, talent in the end is going to speak to this more than anything else. We know that. But I believe they hired the right guy. And if they hired the right guy, I believe in some of the staff, uh, you know, that I've had a chance to talk to. I haven't talk, had a chance to talk to them all. I've, I've talked to Brant Brown a little bit, but he, he had his media thing uh, Thursday and, and I couldn't go. Uh, the, the guys are telling me how great Brant Brown is. Uh, Brant Brown came in. And my understanding is he just sort of like – took a look at everything that happened in the past and was like, here's the sheet of paper, rip, gone. We're going to do it this way. I like to hear that. Nothing has worked in the last five years. Yeah. So from a coaching perspective, I think that they've got that right. I'm, I'm, I'm supremely confident. And, and skip is a serious, no nonsense, and and he could be fun with the guys, but he is a serious, no nonsense. Like you, you, you know, Craig, you may, you may have been my buddy uh, yesterday. But today, just get out of my way, man. You know, today i'm today I'm Kevin Brown on the mound, you know? Like mm-hmm. I am just like I, this this is my team. It is time to work. and and I can appreciate that. So I got to tell you, i'm I'm very impressed with what I've seen so far from Skip. It is fun to see a guy who has
0: been in these first couple of months so jovial in interviews get into that sort of all right, it's game time mode, like it like players do, right? And and it's been cool to see him already interacting with with his players in that way. And I think it was both both Jazz and Arias speaking um to the full media on um the day Full Squad reported saying that like they liked sort of his disciplinarian uh mentality like i think it was jazz who said like yeah we, you know we needed a little bit of that um we need a little bit of that structure and so to to be in that position i think is a good thing for the team and so you look at skip now you look at jazz in center field right. i don't believe we've had an opportunity to speak about some of these other additions all that much and gene segura and louis luis Arias luis in particular um after the pablo trade so Just sort of wondering what your general thoughts are on what the roster does look like, right? Say things do work with Jazz in center field. What, What are your thoughts on the rest of this team in terms of the offensive makeup?
1: Yeah, look, I think Gene Segura is a fine player. As a matter of fact, if you if you go back and you can't grab my phone and look at my text, but if you could, you you would have seen very early on this was one of the guys that I identified that I thought, hey, like this would be a really good fit. But let's also keep it real. The Marlins wanted Justin Turner. Okay, this is who they wanted. He signed. He signed with with the Red Sox. I mean, this is not a secret at this point. I've been reporting this all along. But that being said. Uh, Gene Segura is, to me, maybe even a better option, Yeah, uh, probably a better option to me than Justin Turner. So I'm not even sure how that even sort of uh, played itself out, but Segura is going to get on base. He's going to punch the ball to right field, and he seems to be pretty motivated, too, coming off a really good year. With the Philadelphia Phillies, he's not at the stage of his career of who he was eight years ago. Jeremy, let's not kid ourselves. He's not going to hit twenty-five and steal twenty. I mean, that's dude, these things are not going to happen. By the way, I don't know if he ever did that. I don't want to throw myself. Feels like he may right, have at right. some point. Maybe he did sure. not. I don't know. Yeah, but he's not going to be that kind of guy. I don't think. Of course. But lineup stabilizer for sure. And and bat to ball skills, which is sort of what they're what they're looking for. So that addition clearly to me was something that they needed. Now, as far as the Luis Arias move, I, I look, I, I understand it, and I understand why they did it. And I think, look, batting champion is going to help the lineup a lot. I I don't know how this is all going to play out. I still thought that they needed a big uh, bat, you know, a, a home run hitting type guy that. That And that mission, I don't feel like that mission was accomplished in the offseason. But on the flip side, if Jorge Soler is that guy, right, right. then then maybe you don't need to have that. And that's what they're counting on. I hear a lot of good things about Soler. Everyone is saying really good things to me about Soler. So I can only go based off that. And if that is the case, then maybe that's not what they needed in the offseason. So Pablo, of course, what what was left to say about Pablo that we have not said i mean on this podcast i feel like we we yeah. have
0: got almost gone out of our way in moments where we didn't even need to to just talk about how great pablo
1: is He's he, he was he was fantastic yeah. and you know they had a deal for him potentially that didn't happen with the yankees was that a better deal than the twins deal i don't know maybe we'll do that autopsy at some point down the line and see if that was worth. i, I don't think they could have got that deal done but again that sure. like that was out there was the twins deal the best one? Was it the only one? Kind of felt like it. Didn't really hear a lot more in terms of Pablo's names. I just kept hearing twins, twins, twins all along the lines, but quality guy. I hope he gets that extension in Minnesota. I have a feeling he'll end up getting that. And boy, his, you know, when he did his press conference, I'll never forget that press conference that he did when he said goodbye mm. uh, and hello to the Minnesota media, because that guy basically went on uh thanking me for about like you know 30 40 seconds on that and i was i was floored with how nice he was to me on that I, I just couldn't believe it so i wish him the best certainly and his family and 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 i will miss him a lot i will miss him but uh look arias very friendly guy uh the, the guys on the team on the marlins They're are telling really me cool. this guy is gonna absolutely hit there's no question about it but he's gonna get on base who's gonna drive him yeah. home right this is still the question that we're gonna have to ask ourselves throughout the season and it's it's kind of funny, Jeremy, when push comes to shove, assuming health with Jack Chisholm. OK, that's great. And that's and that's there, certainly. But in the end, do, doesn't this really all come down to Soler and it obviously Garcia does. again?
0: It's the irony,
1: right? It, it feels like it does. 100%. We're not talking about them at all. And it feels like that's the whole season. The entire it feels season. like this is what we're, we're doing here. The
0: entire upside of this season, right? If the, if it's the all things break right and you have one of those years that, that is the type of improvement that the Marlins are talking about openly and hoping for, right? Bruce Sherman himself said playoffs, right? Everybody's talking about right. let's let's look at this team to make a major improvement. The only way that that happens is if Avisiel Garcia and Jorge Soler are the players they were signed to be last year, right? If those guys can even just be there just about career averages, even even slightly under their career averages, it completely changes the dynamic of this Marlins lineup. It would have done so last year. When Soler was healthy, it did help the lineup, even in a year where he wasn't exactly tearing the cover off the ball, but he still probably would have hit about 30 homers. And if you can have Soler do that and Garcia go back to somewhat of the player that you expected him to be he's in great shape he seems highly motivated as well you know that's your opportunity for this lineup to go from okay we made these additions of a couple of guys who get on base in a and segura and then it almost feels like oh and we also made the addition of these corner outfielders who who didn't really produce last season your dh and your right fielder now
1: yeah i do have a good feeling about soler mm-hmm. Gar- garcia i have no feeling at the moment i just have not Heard a thing, and I'm watching what everyone else is watching. I'm not a trained hitting coach, so I I, I can't tell you if it's going to be different, the same, or whatever. But, but the the people that I trust seem to think that Soler is motivated for a lot of different reasons. One of them, obviously, the money that he's going to make next year, Jeremy, dwarfs what he's made the last two years, and he has an opportunity to cash in too. One other thing I'd like to add, since you brought it up, is Bruce Sherman. Let's talk about this for here for a minute. There's there's one thing that seems. To be brought up to me a lot, like on social media, asking questions. I'm not even acknowledging a lot of these anymore. And for, for those of you who have followed me through all of these years, going back to Huizenga, John Henry, all of the uh, Jeffrey Laurie, all the different owners. And I am not afraid to say anything about anybody. That's what I've prided myself on. But I got to be honest, I am tired of this this slander of Bruce Sherman If for anybody who yep. is. I just don't know what you guys want this guy to do at this point. <laughs> like the Marlins are last in attendance; they are like, or last or second to last in attendance. Their payroll is over a hundred million dollars. Yep, it is twenty second, I think, in in Major League Baseball, or it if it's twenty first like or twenty third. Yeah. So in term, it's in term. If you are just strictly looking at attendance versus payroll. Uh, they're way above that. I, 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 again, I, I, or do you expect them to drop two hundred million dollars right now on a payroll? And and do you think that by dropping another hundred million, that all of a sudden twenty seven thousand fans are going to come to this? Now, I understand there's a little chicken in the egg. Well, if yeah, well if he did do that, then all of a sudden the people, I am not buying that. I am not buying that. So I'm just not sure what what you want, what you guys want Bruce Sherman to do last off season. He, he was asked to give a player 55 million and did it and another player 36 and they were both busts. So what you're asking him to do is do it again, Mm -hmm. do it again. Uh, Mr. Sherman, do it again, (laughs) spend that money again. And you know what? He he went out and they, they signed more players again. Maybe it's not to what your liking is, but I get it. (laughs) I I understand it. And, And by the way, I will be the first one here on this podcast or another, Jeremy, if next year sure. Avisail Garcia hits 30 home runs and Jorge Soler hits 40 home runs and Segura is good and the Marlins win 82 games or 85 or 87 yeah. or 79, I'll be the first one to say, hey, they got to spend more money next year. Right? It-, it proved that the players that they signed right. ended up working. But until you get that right, like I-, I just don't understand what people want this guy to do.
0: Yeah, well, and I think, I think so much of the... So much of the frustration that gets directed specifically at Marlins ownership is really more of a a problem that folks have with the structure of Major League Baseball, which is they're used to the NFL or the NBA where there are salary caps and salary floors that are a bit closer together and thus force these teams to all be really close in terms of spending. But you happen to have an organization that historically – Hasn't spent all that much now is spending a lot more than usual, but is in a division where you happen to have a few teams that are just going absolutely nuts with their payrolls. And so they're making this comparison just within the division as opposed to looking at all of Major League Baseball and again, the structure of a sport without a salary cap that has this, you know, crazy luxury tax. But that's that's about it restraining anything for owners. And that's not a bad thing. Like, to me, I prefer that it's great for for the league. It's great for the league. It's great for the players. It's a good thing that there is no cap on the wages that can be spent. But when you have these giant disparities amongst organizations, that's the problem. Look, it makes it two different leagues in some respects there's it is six or seven teams who play baseball in one league and there's 20 to 25 teams who play in another one and that's a financial disparity that exists the marlins right now are actually sort of weirdly in the middle of the pack of that other group
1: you yeah. know it's More just, or you, and even and in fairness maybe even in the lower end the lower half. But, 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 sure. but again but again you know the rockies sell out almost every night. Right. And they don't, you know, like they ain't dropping $300 million on players, you know, and it's like, so if your indictment, and look, I'm not here defending billionaires. That's not what I'm doing. No. But what I'm just saying is I just don't know like, and I'm just like sort of tired of reading like, oh, got to drop 200 million, got to drop 300 million, got to get Nick Castellanos. Where are you guys Stru- from last
0: year? Structurally, it's just a structural issue because I agree. Look, do I wish that every single owner was spending every single dollar that they had for my entertainment in this sport? Absolutely. Like in, in a dream world, sure, that'd be awesome. But when you just look at what the actual structure of the sport is and the way that attendance and revenue and, and everything from their works, there are basically every year six to eight haves and 20 to 22 have nots you know in the grand scheme and so when you look at the rest of the organizations you can only compete with where you're at and so to me i look at a team now they did add johnny cueto add you know stuff has gone down here adding gene segura you know making this trade now for luis Arias, that hopefully at some point will be another player that gets extended you know at some point later down the line so I just want to see the same thing you do, Craig, which is like looking at an organization that's made these additions here and seeing the direct improvement from those free agent and trade additions.
1: Right, I, I, and I and I think people have to remember also the first year of this podcast when you know Derek Jeter and Gary Denbo and you know Derek came on the podcast too, and I think Gary did as well. I appreciate that for sure, but we were told at Mike Hill, and we were told though that the spending wasn't even really gonna be necessary because there were gonna be these layers oh, and layers yeah. of talent and there was gonna be all this stuff and then you just get a Gene Segura to go yep. along with everybody else Correct. and that's what it was gonna be. That did not work out. Mm-mm. So like, I, I'm sorry to say. Yeah.
0: You're operating from from a space now where you're basically making up for the deficiencies that happened you know underneath choice. the Jeter era of it in terms of drafting and developing some of these players. And so now you're in a position where, all right, you got all this pitching, you're trying to That's reorganize it. that lineup and you're sort of making up for it from there. But I mean, considering the circumstances and, and really it is crazy when you you sort of uh, do the diagnostics of the organization and you look back at a, at a time where pre lockout, you know, Derek Jeter was leading things and then he left in the middle of the lockout and all of a sudden put the organization in a position where he had sort of had this, you know, Um, I don't want to go as far as saying domineering, uh, perspective where he was doing so much, but from reporting, you know, kind of running things his way and to now have the organization kind of picking up the pieces on some of the things that he left barren and, and trying to make up for some of those deficiencies within the farm system or otherwise, you're now in a position with this team where look, the lineup's improved. You'll see what the pitching could be. And you're rolling from there. Um, but but it, it will be intriguing to see the way if this team does make those improvements we're talking about, if Soler and Garcia, you know, produce the way we think, if Jazz is an all star center fielder, if right. if
1: if a lot of ifs. what happens from a lot them. of ifs, it's a lot of ifs. I, I per, and, and again, now moving on back to the baseball stuff, yeah let's do it. uh Yeah, I, I personally think, in my opinion, the projections for the Marlins are going to be way off. I've said this to a few people. Uh, people don't like hearing this, you know. I think either they're going to farly exceed, uh, they're going to go way over it, Jeremy, or way more. I don't don't think they're going to hit this number. I I think it's going to be.
0: Because the projection right now is what, like 72?
1: No, a little higher than that. A
0: little higher? Yeah,
1: it's higher than that. It's like 76, 77. So I think either they're going to go over 80 or they're going to go under 70. I Mm. don't think that this is going to be close this year because I think that they're going to look at themselves in a position that they're going to be in a position to where either, hey, we really have a shot to get the wild card or, oh my gosh, we have no shot and it doesn't matter what the record is and Joey Wendell you're a free agent and Garrett Cooper you're a free agent and what do we do with John Birdie and do we keep Gene Segura and like and keep going Always like, and now it's like and I don't want to I don't want to put that in the atmosphere now I know fans don't want to hear that but I'm always looking ahead at this stuff and the goal is to keep all these guys and to add guys at the trade deadline yes that is the case but you also have to ask yourself the question that what if we we've done the what if the last two years yeah and uh yeah so if you're playing that what-if game, you just never know what could happen there. But we'll have that conversation you know, later on if we even do have that conversation here. We haven't touched pitching. Let's do that real do quick, it. and then let's get out of here. You know, clearly, Sandy Alcantara leading the way, going to pitch in the first game for the for the Dominican Republic of the World Baseball Classic. Uh, I, I guess they're going with Cueto as the two. I, I think that's what I heard. I thought they'd split the lefties up. It doesn't look like it, but I thought they'd go Lazardo two and then Cueto th- uh, three. But it looks like Cueto two. Uh, Rodgers or Lozardo three, four, and then Edward Cabrera five. Braxton Garrett is a potential six. Uh, I, I think I think Braxton Garrett's going to make the team. In, if I had to guess, they'll you know pretend there's a competition of some kind. But I, I think he's going to make the team. And then what happens at that point? I don't know. Spot starter Swing out of the bullpen. Guy. I'm not sure. Edward Cabrera. Everyone loves him this year. Maybe got to be healthy. That's you know the key for for Edward Cabrera. Their staff is fantastic. It's probably. So if it's not the best in the National League, it's close to it. And then their bullpen, I thought Kim did a great job. I I think Kim Amazing by adding Barnes and adding Puck. And and Barnes on, you know, again, gotta see him pitch a little bit. Remember what he's coming off last year, not his best year, but boy, eight the the it's just... the word the word on the street about AJ Puck is out of this world. Yep. So get ready to maybe have Puck pitching the eighth and the ninth at some point. I'm telling you, nah. this is gonna be this has a chance to be a special guy out of the Marlins bullpen when I'm doing the fantasy stuff and people are asking me, who do I think gets the most saves? I may him. say Puck. Yeah. I may I may say A.J. Puck at the end of the day. Uh, very early on in camp. Can't really judge it, but games are going to start and we'll have a better feel. And and yeah, the other bullpens, uh, guys, uh, Jeremy, to me are pieces, I think. Dylan Floro, who you know, could could be okay as a piece. Oakwood, who did well last mm-hmm. year. Who really knows? Hopefully he'll be all right. Tanner Scott, we've talked about a lot. And Brazoban, who, as we're recording this, still has the visa issue, right? And and I talked to his agent the other day, and and there's really just no clarity there. We'll see if he ends up coming back. My understanding is, if Brazaban is able to report in the next week, then he can make the team. Otherwise, no. I think he mm. would have to go to like extended spring training and then and then join the team Work at some point. He out. was really good for them last year, so. Yeah, I I I think that optimism should be high for Marlins fans. I think that they are on the right track. I think that the season on paper right now looks pretty positive. I think that they have a chance again, coming from me, have a chance to smash their season win total. I do. Yeah, I am concerned that the other teams are just going to be so good that it may not matter, and that and that to me is the dynamic that I don't know how him. And, and the organization is going to look at things, mm. you know, you know, are, you know, are, are we are we fighting for 500? Is that important to us? Like, do we want to show the fan? Like, do we want to win as many games regardless of whose contracts are expiring at the end of the See, season? That, this that is, a huge is my question. Hope. Yeah, it's a huge question that they're going to have to answer. But but I but I do feel that I, I feel as good, I would say, heading into the first game of spring training that I felt in a long time, uh, maybe five years uh, with with the way that just the team right now, the team, the club right now is is constructed with the players that they have. We have to obviously see this play out, and then hopefully, and hopefully be right about it. But um, yeah, so you know, just just closing it out here. Also, just definitely want to mention this mm-hmm. is that I've also had the opportunity, uh, not not just to go up there and cover it, but I would highly recommend for those of you who have again never been to spring training to try to find a way up there to Jupiter, not even if you Astros, Nationals, any of these teams in West Palm beach, the Marlins, you know, have been fantastic with me and, and continue to be, to allow, um, you know, me to go up. And then sometimes with my son who enjoys it so much, Mm -hmm. it has been such a great experience to be able to show him what it looks like, you know, to be a major leaguer and how to operate like a major leaguer. And, um, you know, and and, and Jason Latimer, and, and the other person I want to mention too, who I think that the that the organization has that sort of gets it too, and I I wanted to mention this at the end, is is Caroline O'Connor, because, you know, you're in a position where you're overseeing so much, like you are with her. But I but I the one thing that she said to me that I'm glad that I I'm gonna I'm gonna share it and let her get mad at me in the end. <laughs> but the the one thing that she said is like my son, like the that's what kind of the Marlins need, like they need. Little guys, little fans all across Florida, all across South Florida. This is what is going to drive the next wave of fans, man. Like, this is how do the Marlins get fans back in that ballpark? I'm going to say it again. It is through the kids. It is through these kids. Now, my son's a little bit of a different situation. He sees his dad talking about the Marlins all the time and covering the team and all that. So, maybe not the best example, but. That's that's you know, that's what it is, is is find the kids who are passionate about baseball that live in South Florida, that that have the jersey. Maybe they have the name on it. Maybe they don't. But in the end, it's just about the the, the fun aspect of it, going to the park, telling their parents to go, driving those kids back in the ballpark, Dade County, Broward County, Mm -hmm. Palm Beach County finding finding those families who just want to spend a night out because their kids love the game the kids go back in school you know my son plays on this team and it's like what did you do what what you know what did you do oh i went to spring training i want to go to spring training i want to see the marlins five of them are going this weekend to jupiter to go i mean this is true like this Mm -hmm. and when, when kids kids are very influential on other kids and guess who else they're influential on Jeremy their parents yep the parents are the ones who spend the money and and I think and I want to say that about Caroline I think Caroline gets that I do I think she does so I'm um, I'm I'm really hopeful and along those lines too in the mm. future of the Marlins in that sense too and I definitely wanted to bring that up as well as we okay. end so uh you know again that's that's what I'm gonna close it out on
0: it's certainly an exciting time um a, a quick a quick aside also like as you say all that, and I, I remember being a young kid, being a Marlins fan. And I don't know if I've told this story on here before. I'm not even sure if I've told you the story, but I have mentioned that my third grade teacher was Gary Carter's daughter. So she's I think, a I think huge, did that, right? huge, huge baseball fan. And so when I was in third grade, it was 2003 when the Marlins won the World Series. And so I remember like yesterday going into my elementary school classroom the following Monday morning and my teacher having vid- like videotaped the final game of the World Series and replaying the final inning for the entire class to watch together and all of us jumping up and down and celebrating, you know, as if they had just won the World Series. And those are the types of memories that you take with you forever, right? Like that's why that 2003 team is a huge part of the reason I've been so passionate about baseball my whole life is because I still to this day talk about the documentary that they made from the World Series with Juan Pierre tossing balls down the third baseline to see which way they roll off the lip of the grass on bunts. I mean, that's the type of stuff that that you get kids in passion with is is by introducing them to the game this way. And spring training is the perfect place. I think it is. Um, yeah, things
1: get things get serious once the regular season comes. Yep, and yep. you know, when I take my family, or I go to the games. There's it's it's going to the games, and that's yep. that's that's what it is. But spring training is such a special time. And for those of you listening, you, you have a month to go once make it know? happen. Yeah, make it make it happen. Make it happen. Get there early. Go go on those backfields before the game. Minor league games will go on there, too. And and the Marlins, uh, you know, have been and even more so this year, too, because they've expanded back where you can walk as fans. Like it's just a super accommodating way to get to know the the players on the team now. And by the way, the players on the in the future that are on those backfields, too. So I, I can't stress it enough just how important it is to me to make those sort of memories with with my son and i know that he's gonna remember those you know and, and still by the way spring training's come we're gonna go to all these games yeah, too yeah. uh and remember those for a long time but uh jeremy it's great to catch up man it is uh it is awesome to see all the work that you're doing i would Thank encourage you. people to uh, catch all of J- uh, jeremy's work both with the marlins uh, and with the heat by the way it's, doing it's- a great job with the heat man it's been uh, incredible to watch you grow there doing the sideline there and and hopefully you and i will link up for sure in the future. But uh, let, let's see you guys get behind this this Marlin stuff here a little bit. Tell me, guys, what you think about the podcast. If you enjoyed listening to it, uh, how how I can engage with the fans more, let me know. I'm always up for doing those sort of things. And, you know, I and it certainly let's uh, let's see what happens in the month of March. Thanks again for tuning in.